Hi, and welcome to another episode of Startup Stories, where I interview the best and brightest startup founders and experts so you can be ahead of the curve with your own startup venture. This episode brings us together with Cedric Bollack from Global Tech Box, a startup enthusiast, aspiring entrepreneur, blogger, vlogger, and future venture capitalist. Cedric hosts a weekly show called The Startup Show, where he showcases startups and investors from different industries and stages, reaching on average 650,000 impressions per month across all of social media. Cedric has a passion for meeting new, interesting people, which is one of the reasons he's been so persistent and has published over 160 video interviews with founders and investors. In this episode, I had the opportunity to dive into Cedric's world and ask him about his vision behind the startup show, how he started it all, and many more questions that were bugging me. We cover topics like his revenue model, the importance of delegating tasks, how he grew his audience to its current size, as well as other more private topics like his favorite books, for example. Having Cedric on the show was a delight and I learned a lot from our conversation, which is why I'm super excited to share this conversation with all of you today. Enjoy. So I guess we can start. Yes. If you're ready. Always ready. Thank you, Cedric, so much for, for joining the podcast. Um, I've been watching you online for a while. Thank you so you're much. Very, I appreciate you're very it. active and I see your content everywhere. And it's really inspiring because you got different pieces of content. You got you got interviews. Uh, you got you know motivational quotes, different pieces of content. And I want our listeners to know you know who you are and, and what you do. So maybe we can start with that. Sure. So my name is Cedric Pollock. Uh, right now I'm 29 years old, and I'm you know I grew up here in Zurich. Uh, then after I finished my high school, I moved to Israel. Uh, I lived there. Originally planned was one year. I ended up staying for seven years, and I would say it was there where I first was introduced to this concept of startups. I um, was really inspired by the local um, startup ecosystem, also based on the job I had back then. Um, what was that? So first, I right after after I finished my bachelor's, I joined the venture capital fund for for an internship for three months, and I was really inspired by all of the startups they got to see. So like the classic deal flow part, um, I wanted to be part of, um, which uh, really inspired me to see all of like these entrepreneurs really work on, on a vision that they see how they see the future differently than the current status quo. Um, and then I moved into um, a startup for half a year in a fintech spa- in the fintech space, which was also really inspiring. Where for the first time I saw these two worlds of the technology and business collide, collide, colliding, and really seeing like how these into- merge and work together. That was really cool. Um, and then um, in, in my job that I had for for a little bit of a longer time was. I worked for a market research company, uh, which is called AdKit, which is subsidiary of Nielsen Research in Israel. And there I was really like, um, kind of like the innovation scout, where we were looking for the latest startups that would help the top management, C-level people of the local banks or more in the financial sector to make uh, strategic decisions on 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 the on the strategy of their companies. Um, and really, like we were giving them the information and presenting them the information of what is going on. And that is kind of like where I would say the spark of this entrepreneurial journey started. Where really, like I um, discovered that like I really enjoy hanging out like with entrepreneurs who have a vision as I said before but also like have a spark in their eyes that you very rarely see um, in corporate 
world. I'm not saying you don't see it, but you see it much it's less. Um, it's very hard to see, yeah. And um, that is something that like I just wanted to expose myself, um, and I then had like this urge to start something on my own. Um, and starting something on my own back then, um, more or less a student, very low income. Um, it was very hard, so I started with the blog, which I'm not sure if you're going to ask about this, but like that's how it kind of like started. Um, where I then started with a text-based blog, we called it back then. I mean, the name globaltechbooks.com was already then established, but then we first had like a, a text-based blog series, which we called hashtag Startup Monday, uh, where I would pick um, a disruptive industry and present three startups. Uh, to cut the story cool. short, it was really, really boring. No one read it. Um, and it was just not my online voice. Um, so very quickly, I would hire um, a, um, a ghostwriter, which helped me to write it. So that kind of like showed me like, Cedric, this is not your voice online. And I then, you know, started with videos. And from there on, I, the feedback was much, much better from, from my audience. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can totally see that. Uh, the video is very engaging and, and it's very nice to to learn from people in video and Texas is just a different time. It's a type different experience. Yeah. So, so you started out with something that didn't work. How did you see that, you know, from there you could go, okay, text doesn't work. What should I do? How did you decide to go to video and how did you find out or realize that this was going to work for you? Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, like it, it's, I, I always try to, to say like, it, it's always a process and it's, it's very much connected to the gut feeling. And if you, I mean, one of my biggest learnings was that I didn't speak to any of my target audience for the first 50 videos I did. Um, and I think like if I, if I did that much earlier, just asking what, what the people want or like where people's attention is right now, then like I would have been able to, to make this decision maybe even earlier. Nevertheless, I mean, like once I started talking to them, they said like, yeah, I see like you're posting some stuff, but I don't really see like what's it about, which is kind of like the definition of like your content sucks. <laughs> A nice um, way to put it. It's like kind of like, okay, like I'm not looking or watching or giving attention, paying attention to what you're doing. Um, but like with video again, like the moment like I started posting videos, even though again, the quality of the videos, the first few videos, you can still find them on YouTube. If you scroll way down, you can find them. Like the production sucked. Like it was really, really bad. But like the feedback that I got from the people was like, oh wow, I saw you met like this interesting person. Like I couldn't hear what you were saying or the contact, yeah. the contact, the context or the, the, the insights of like what you were talking was not understandable and didn't make any sense. But like at least people were engaging with me, whether that was online and even more so offline. When you meet these people, yeah. you just really pretty quickly get the sense that like you're having an impact. And that is like what I was looking for. I wanted to have an impact on the entrepreneurs. Yeah. So we're jumping around in, in my questions here a little bit, but you just mentioned your, your target audience. You didn't talk to them. Who was your target audience for the, for the content? Yeah. So, I mean, for me, I mean, we, we have always the side of the entrepreneurs and we have the side of the investors. So like for 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 the actual recording, um, we always try to provide as much value as possible to, to the entrepreneurs. We try to really maximize their time we have with them, minimizing the amount of time we need. So like we don't spend the whole day in their offices trying to get like a little piece of content. We really spend about 60 minutes with them to keep it as short as possible um, and making sure that we get as much content as possible. For, for our channels um, on the other side like once we have the videos produced we try to 
serve uh, the investors, so venture capitalists, early stage investors, private investors, angel investors, all the people who are considering investing in early stage startups. Um, and I did about, I would say, 50 uh, off the record interviews with investors asking them, hey, I'm conducting these videos anyway, so you might as well tell me, like, what should I be talking in these videos? Um, and that seemed to really resonate with them. And many people gave me very uh, good insights. And what happened after about 30 interviews, I realized, okay, like the questions that are the they are, the investors are asking the startups in an early due diligence process are keep are kept repeating themselves. So like they always want to know who is the founder, who is the team, what is their idea, do they actually have the expertise, how do they get there to a $1 billion valuation? So like those are all of the questions that kept repeating itself. So this we incorporated then into our videos in a kind of like a feedback loop. So we try to really consistently um, adjust to, to, to the investors and, and what their needs are. All right, so you would do a low-level due diligence with Absolutely. Your videos. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, you know, like one of the, the key things that like all of the investors are saying is uh, the first the first stages of an investment is always about like, do you have the right gut feeling? Do you feel close to the founder? Do you feel like you can help them? Like, obviously, it's a financial decision. And I understand that like long term, you have to make a, a 20, 30 X uh, return on, on your money. But bottom line is in the early stages, you have no numbers to rely on. And all the startups have hockey sticks charts. So like it's it's not going to help you. And like a video, I think in, in, the, in, the, in the way we can produce videos these days, which is fairly simple and cheap, I think it's a very simple way to add this layer of confidence to the decision of the investor. Watching these videos, maybe even before first meeting, maybe after, but like in the, in the early stage of a company. Right. And do they also, these videos work a little bit as a scouting mechanism? So they maybe find out about startups that they didn't know before? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that right. is part of my vision. I mean, I was saying like, you know, like if you look at the long term, like I, I hope that at some point, like, you know, people will understand that like the content of our videos should be at the level that they really feel like we maybe even do not have to meet them as a first meeting. We can go directly into and skip the first meeting. I mean, it's not really <laughs> that real, a good realistic, vision, but I'm saying like vision. maybe we can get to a point where people say like, yes, because we watch this video and relying on the independence of this video. And let's say even if I put money into these companies, they understand that like it's either where I put my money or I, I have my honest opinion, then they will say like, okay, I want to get inspired by these videos for potential investment opportunities. Yeah, definitely. So you, you quickly talked about the vision. Maybe I, I quickly want to jump back to the beginning. Um, what you do is you create content. Mm -hmm. um, and that is, a, in my understanding, a very long-term game. Yes. You cannot do that for three months. No. I mean, you can but results it's will not be, gonna happen, yeah. will, is, nothing's going to happen. So for someone who's starting out, first of all, you need to know it's a long-term game. You need to commit to it. But then once you commit it, what was your experience growing your, your audience? What, what did you do in the, in the, I don't know, maybe the first six months uh, of doing video mm -hmm. that things that really had an impact? Yeah. I mean, you know, there's really no secret sauce besides patience. Um, I think many people, um, I would say the most loyal subscribers, followers, whatever you want to call it, the people who watch my videos are the people that I had face-to-face -face, like meetings where we sat together and explained it to them. Um, and then they like really started watching those videos and understand like um, what is the added value they can get from watching such an episode. Um, 
but again, there, there's no secret sauce. I mean, I, like we had some techniques, like what we did, I can give you a couple of examples. Like before every show, we send out about 20 to 30 emails to shared LinkedIn connections that I have with the founder. Mm -hmm. And like this, number one, we get very insightful <laughs> content, like yeah. we get very cool information about, about people that you cannot find online. Yeah. Number two, um, you interact with people that like are then maybe have never heard of you or are actually like following you and are happy to to you know contribute to the shows. Yeah. So like this is like one of the hacks that we use um, to really you know like for every show we have we, we we have about twenty to thirty interactions with people to like tell them about what we're doing. Yeah. Um, and from that a lot of it has happened. Like whenever like we then follow up. So like let's say. Let's say you popped up as like a shared connection. I send you an email. You reply. Say like, yeah, I have this question for this founder. And then uh, once we publish the video, like I'm sending you another email saying like, hey, the video is now published. Thank you so much for contributing. So from this email, so many replies come. Hey, like I really like what you do. Why don't we meet for coffee? Or like I have a very good opportunity for you. Like why don't we do this together? And so mm. like there's not really any kind of like shortcut there i mean no, like you, you you can use paid promotion you can use facebook ads youtube ads instagram ads i think they work really well and i think they're really underpriced and you should definitely do it but then it's more like a budget game then it's like how much money do we have to in, to invest into these ads exactly. that's that's definitely something if you want to accelerate the process highly recommend it if you want to do more on the organic side where it's maybe just your time um, that you have to spend then i would highly recommend to cold email as many people as you can in a personal way, so never spam, never like it's there's just no shortcut. Don't do, use do. Mailchimp and no, no, no. You, you can use Mailchimp. You can use, but I'm saying like a personalized email showing someone that like this person was chosen for a reason and not just because popped up like you found that email somewhere online somewhere. <laughs> yeah. uh, is so much valuable. I can tell you like from from the cold emails we send of this 30 to 40 email, 20 to 30 emails is about 40 percent. So 40 percent reply, which is wow. pretty crazy. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. So, okay. So that's a neat, neat thing to do. And yeah, I want to emphasize the point you said it's patience. Yeah. yeah. And it adds up, you know, like if you do one a week, so which uh, what I do is well, sometimes we skip a Monday for, for, for holidays. If Eastern or whatever falls exactly on a Monday, exactly. we don't publish. But in general, let's say we get to 45 and you have, you know, 50 interactions for every episode that, that adds up. That and if you do this over three years, that adds up. <laughs> That's true. That's true. You have been at it for three years now. Yes. <laughs> okay. So I, I think these, these content creation startups are, are super interesting. The question that a lot of people ask us doing the podcast is how do you, do you plan to even make money with it? Do you how do you finance it? And so on. Mm -hmm. That was one thing I was wondering about, about, uh, about you. I checked out your, your website. So there's a, uh, you kind of offer your service or your knowledge and expertise in different ways. Yeah, in different sure. ways. Uh, yeah, maybe you can talk sure. about you know someone who wants to create content for for a group of people. How how what ways are there to kind of finance that? Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, like again, what I want to emphasize very very clearly when I started. Until today, I have not a sure picture of like how we can make money with this, mm. but I am certain that like over time, um, the the amount of impact that you have will be more and more valuable and recognized by by people and yeah. companies. Um, so like, even if I don't have a clear answer right now, we are trying different things. So. 
um, we have different revenue streams. Um, we have a long-term goal. So like eventually long-term, I want to start investing in these startups. So and like, I have a question about that too. Sure, I'm sure. I'm very excited about that. Okay. <laughs> so long-term, I want to invest in startups. So if, you, if you're a venture capital firm, if a very clear business model, you have a 20, like 220. So you take a 2% management, management fee and 20% on the carried interest. So like this is not rocket science. Yeah, that's pretty clear. <laughs> it, yeah. it just takes some time. And, and I, by the way, just in brackets, the reason like why I decided also to start that because like when I spoke to the, all of these investors, they said like one of the key things that you need as investors is to know the entrepreneurs and understand your language and speak to them and understand how to build a relationship with an entrepreneur. And when I was when I started, I was a student, so like I couldn't invest my money, I could invest my time, I could invest maybe in some equipment to like get started. But in general, like like for me, it was important to build this network with the entrepreneurs and see how I can support them. Um, um, now, how we make money? So, like, yeah. So, so I started, and then, like, um, about a year, two, two and a half years ago, it, it got too much to do everything by myself. So I started like um, adding people, uh, team members from all around the world, freelancers that would help me. Um, back then, still no business model, and then like slowly, you know, my savings are going down. Right, so, exactly. Like, That's what I thought. It was. So like your savings going down, so you have to say like, okay, like let's figure out how we make money, how we can make money with this. So basically, I looked at my team and we brainstormed and we came up with the idea like let's make the startup show framework that we sell to to corporates. So like we, we look at like what we can do right now, which is like we are focused on interviews, we're focused on the insightful content, and that's what we're doing. So like we, we go to corporates and we, we work with them to create podcasts, to create uh, video series. We only create video series because as, we, as you said before, we don't believe in the one-time video that like goes viral. Yeah. I even turned down a very, very big corporate that wanted me to do a very big viral, viral video. video. Yes. I said like, <laughs> this is not reality, this is not realistic. If it's about the numbers, then we'll invest money in YouTube ads and I can get you the numbers. But in general, like I, I don't believe in, in one time. So that is, that is one. And then um, more and more often, I'm fortunate to be able to, to speak in front of audiences, which I think is kind of like a, ni- a nice way to make some extra money. Um, and um, we, we're continuously looking like how, how we can monetize the current team that we have to really um, make some revenue and, and make some profits to, 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 to continue creating content. But I have to say, everything that we have been doing um, in this content creation, creation space is because we started not knowing what to do. Yeah. So like, I, I really believe and, and, and I get so much feedback since I started communicating this notion of like, hey, no one has it figured out. Okay, like maybe you have it figured out with the finances, the other guys has figured out with the fitness and the third guy has it figured out with like family and kids. But like, there's not one person who has it all figured out. So like that is so like that resonates. It seems to me that many people resonate with that statement that like it just no one has it figured out in everything. And even if it looks fancy what I do on Instagram and people like my pictures, I still have areas in my life that I've not figured out. And maybe mine is finances. (laughs) No, I think like we can always make more money. Money is like, you know, there's no, there's no limit how much money you can make. The question is if you're happy with the amount you have. So like money is definitely something of the things that like you know could be better if I see the the, the other alumni from from the University yeah. of St. Gallen who Don't look at them who, who work for big corporates such as UBS and Credit Suisse. I mean they make much more money. Yeah, maybe triple or four times what I make. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yes, but you do what you really want to do. Yes, every day. So that's that's for me definitely the important thing. So you talk about uh, your team. 
and and you also well we, we wrote we wrote uh, emails before and and you talked about delegating and how important it is how big is your team and and how would you say one could build a team like that and, and delegate well sure i mean it's all, again it's a, it's a process look I, I highly recommend if you are in the beginning to do everything by yourself um, once you start like realizing like where you're very good at and where you're very bad at uh, start delegating the things that you're bad at um, I always say like in the beginning I did everything then I did what I was good at and what I liked and now I'm only doing what I'm really good at and what I really like and um, that is not because uh, I just know where my strength is so like I think there's no point these days to like focus on the thing you're bad or weak at so like you no. really have to go for your strength um, nevertheless like I would say like today uh, with the new type of work where you have a global talent pool where you can access talent and I'm saying human being who can work on on your project um, is unlimited like for every job post and we can talk about like how I find people but in general for every job opening that I have I have between 30 to 50 people who apply um, in all various uh, price ranges so it really like you can always find something that like can help you yeah. um, now for me um, we, we have three different type of baskets of people that we work with so we have 19 team members who help me on a regular basis meaning once a week at least and mm-hmm. um, then we have about five to ten people who are once I need them like for example like web development I just don't need this every day so like we have it like um, let's say on demand yeah and then I have another 25 to 30 videographers and photographers that have kind of like a pool of people that I've worked with at least once um, more or less I would say various cities in Switzerland and also like somewhere some other countries around the world that I know I can call them and say like hey are you available um, and then like th- this is kind of like the way we work so like I I kind of like manage this and like now we started that like within the team that is working with me regularly to have sub teams so we have the video team we have the mm-hmm. social media team mm-hmm. I have now two assistants who help me because I just can't you know manage the emails and everything by mm-hmm. myself anymore it's like so like you, you just have to like try to find a way to organize yourself so like it, it can get as efficient as possible now the fun part about this is like most of the tools we use are free so like yes we upgraded my Google Drive to two terabytes but that <laughs> is like ten dollars a month yeah. um, and then we use whatsapp for communication I use Upwork freelancer.com or Fiverr, like all of these freelancer yeah. platforms to find. So this is basically free. Um, and then like you, you you try to to arrange it in a way like a good, we use Google Drive, but like the Google Sheets, Google Docs, like to, yeah. to organize the, the, the data that we have. So like it's it's really very, very cheap to, to start. To yeah, start. I would. Uh, my guess would be that the most expensive part is is the people. Yeah. Although I don't know, you don't hire the 19 at the same time. You just have a pool. So or, yeah, so or, like or we have they... we have only freelancers. So we don't have like I don't have anybody who is like employed by me. I have people. All the people are contract based. So like we the they, they are the project usually on a project. Some of the people like for example like assistant. It's very hard to pay like per meeting schedule. So like it's per per hour. Yeah. Uh, but in general, like it's it's all my project. Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's a lot of people. That's a lot of uh, dots to connect and, and, and times to manage. It is, it is. But I think like if you find the people that are not only passionate about the project, but also like 
are eager to work exactly on what they want to work on. So for example, like one of the first questions I ask in every interview, in brackets over WhatsApp in writing, because yeah. that's how I'm going to communicate with them, um, is like, where do you want to be in the next couple of years? What, what do you like to do? And if they're telling me like, oh, I would love to do audio production, but they applied for video, then I will not consider them for video. I will yeah. not, because like, this is not, even if they have the skills, I would not. Yeah. Um, and that I think like, has been working very well for us. So I don't look at CVs ever. Um, I just talk to the people and see like, where they want to be, what they want to do, and that usually works really well. Even if maybe in the beginning, like they need more time to, to learn and acquire the skills, it is just much better experience over the long term. Yeah. I think that's a very good question for <laughs> people to ha should ask that more in interviews. Yes, I, I only ask like where they want to be, and if they if this answer aligns with what I'm looking for, even if it's not the specific job that I then I will consider them. Yeah, the thing is that's super good because you also help them get there because yes. you you give them the opportunity to yes. build up the experience. Yeah, not only that, like, you know, we had many people who within the team came up to me and said like, hey, like, I know I've been doing social media for now, but like, can I not help you on the biz dev side? And I said like, oh, for sure, like, why not to add to your tasks? And like, yeah. that is totally fine with me. Like, I don't need you to have a Harvard degree to help me find like potential leads. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can show you how it's done and then we can figure out maybe there's a better way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So before jumping into the the... I got a few personal questions. Sure. I'm really curious about your vision. Mm -hmm. So it says aspiring venture capitalists sure. on your website. Um, yeah, tell me a bit more about that. What's why why that and uh, sure. and how are you planning to get there from from here on out? Sure. Um, I mean, basically, what fascinates me about like entrepreneurship is like dealing with the entrepreneurs themselves, like understanding like. Where is the pain? Where are the pain points? Like, what do they need? Um, how can we assist them in in the process? And everybody talks about the process, but the process is not much more than, um, you know, like how are you handling the bills? How are you handling HR and like all of these different things? So it's not so much that like you want to be there. Like it, it is more about like really being there in the moment when it's about an emotional decision or it is a hard decision or like really trying to. To guide the people so they can make their own feeling. I really, really deeply believe that an entrepreneur will always make the better decision than the investors. Hmm. I'm not I'm specifically in the early stages. I'm not saying like maybe later stages when we go towards private equity is a different story. But in general, in the early stages, um, the entrepreneur is probably the only one who has spoken to as many customers um, as no one else did. So like he will probably have in his gut feeling um, the right answer. But that's not always so easy to come up with. So like if you want to do this at scale and you want to help people, you you have to start investing because if you do it by yourself all the time, that is yeah. just not scalable. Yeah. But like if you can be part of, of people's process and see how they grow and, and make their vision come a reality, that is something that fascinates me every day. Yeah. Whether they reach the actual vision or they have to change it, but like really people who are passionate about about working on this so the way we, the way my my theory is or my thesis is the way, what we decided is like if we feature the best people on the show and we can prove to potential gps general partners who would invest in my fund um that we have access to these people mm -hmm. so like we have access to the people who will then create the one billion dollar companies mm -hmm. i believe it will be quote unquote easy way to raise the money for a smaller fund a smaller fund can be 
anywhere between 20 and 50 million to really invest in the early stages of the companies. Um, how we are going to get there, I don't have all the answers. I do know that we have spoken to a significant amount of people uh, to validate this thesis, if this is something that like makes sense. Yeah. Um, and the obvious answer is yes, but like you haven't put your money yet there. So like it's not really the same making a video as making a, like an investment. But nevertheless, I really believe in the future that like venture capital, the way it is today, will change significantly. I mean, like it's an industry that established itself in the 1990s. So like there's time to also for venture capital by itself to evolve. So you see various ways from angel list to equity crowdfunding, all types of ways like how venture capital will evolve. Even maybe you're going to crypto is also like maybe an interesting way how to um, kind of like make um, early stage investment liquid. Um, so like there's all the different aspects, but like I haven't really seen anything that brings it all together mm -hmm. and it doesn't need to be only one player in the market. So like that's, that's where I see ourselves. And like, I think if we can build up this pool of investors that are inspired by the videos, oh, I have to renew, that, that are inspired by the videos, then I think it's, it's going to be good, good way, good timing to, to actually make this, this VC come true. Okay. So like right, right now we are we are looking for for, for the right partners. Um, you know there are people like I always say like this in entrepreneurship you you have to understand like where your innovation is. Mm -hmm. So like if I want to set up a fund, I don't have to be innovative how I deal with the regulator. Yeah. <laughs> so like there are people who do set up funds every day and yeah. they know how to do it. So like we are now looking for the right partners. We have identified a few people um, that are interested, um, but again, it's it's in the very early stages. My goal was always like when we get to episode 300, so now we're at around 160, depends when this is getting uh, released, but in general, right, right, 160, right. so we have about 140 to go, which is a year and a half. Like still got time. You still got time. Still got time. And we always have time. Time is in, is in our hands right now. Yeah, that's true. I think that's a very, very inspiring vision. I'm I'm excited to see what <laughs> kind of fund you'll you'll. Yeah, you'll we'll build. see if it works. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it's funny because we had we we started out with with a similar goal to help or to get more people into entrepreneurship and and kind of help them along the way. And of course, a, a fund is is one one solution at some point in the future great so that's i mean we, we need more specifically in switzerland i think like there's not enough you know exposure for the entrepreneurs so yeah. i even i would say went to a couple of um i don't want to call it competitors because it's an ecosystem but people who do very similar stuff to me mm -hmm. um but nothing specific yet for for, for startups yeah and and I told them, hey, we need more of, of content about entrepreneurs. If yeah. we want to foster entrepreneurship, if you want to show, then we have to like show the cases of success, of failure, both important, but also about the process itself. Yeah. People, that's where I want to be. I want to be in the process. I don't want to be the people who only succeed and then only fail because I think both sides are too extreme. Yes. I want to be in the middle of yeah. like being part of the journey. Yeah, yeah it, opened up, it opens up this black box yes. of entrepreneurship. So, I got some, some uh, questions that I asked you before. Yes. Uh, if you answer something different, that's uh, totally fine. Well. Um, <laughs> so, it's not a test. Um, I was wondering what's something crazy that you believe that most of the people around you don't believe? Oh, what did I answer? It's not a test. You can also just answer. No, but I remember it was good. But I can tell you. I got it right here. What's something crazy? Serum, serendipity oh, is real. Yes. Um, so you believe that 
you know, random good things happen. happen. Yeah, I mean, the, the randomness, I think, is overrated. But I was saying, what, what I do think is that, like, most of the things that good things that happened to me in business life, like excluding now family life, many good things have happened. When I say business life, um, have has have happened to me because of random occurrences, of random meetings of people that like, yes, you go to a conference, but you don't know who you're going to meet there. So like you put in an initial effort and then like things just pop up and you don't know where they're coming from. So I'm not saying this is the reality for every single day. Like most of the times you still have to chase the opportunities. Yeah, like yeah. I don't want to give like the, the sh like I don't want to say like it's uh, opportunity just come in all the time. But I'm saying like some of the opportunities that I had uh, whether that's, for example, like meeting with Stevie Wozniak, co-founder of, of Apple. That was a cool... That, cool that was like, so. I mean, like, that was pure serendipity. That was like, you know, there was so much had to come together. Like a friend of mine who has been watching my videos, he invited me. I He said to me, like, he can't cover flight or anything. He, he even said to me, like, I can't promise you you're going to meet him. Yeah. So like, I'm saying like, just like, okay, like, I know I'm flying to Vienna. I know I might be able to see him, but it might be that I'm just flying to Vienna and flying back in the evening, not yeah. not seeing him. Yeah. And then being there at the right moment and, and Stevie Wozniak really actually saying yes. So I'm saying like, those are all things, like, even though like this was just a one minute clip out of hundreds of minutes of videos that I've done like it's just like these moments that like are unpredictable and, yeah. and I think this is something that like many people don't realize that when you start something from passion the rest and again I, I haven't figured it all out by myself but the rest should be falling in place according to people who have much more life experience than I have yeah yeah I, I, I believe that too I think you you put yourself in spots where you know, those random things happen to you, though. Yes. And you could have just stayed at home. Yes. In the, in the very beginning, stop blogging, and then these things would not have happened. But you have done what, around 160 episodes, so and so many minutes, and then, I mean, without your previous work, you wouldn't have, you know, your friend wouldn't have called you and said, I, this I could be interesting for you. This <laughs> could be interesting for you. Yes. So I, I, I do believe serendipity is real. I do think, though, that you can kind of make it happen as well. You can yes. influence it or the amount of times it's going to happen to you. Or I don't know exactly, but, but you can put yourself in the situation of being lucky if you, if you put in the work. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, again, lucky is maybe like a different like, way of phrasing it. Yeah. Serendipity is just like, I would really say like so many times, like, you know, you, I mean, like you, you also go sometimes to the co-working place, the Cineplatz. So like when I sit there and like people come up to you and they say, hey, like I watched your videos and I never ask how long they're watching because I can see that. But in general, like if they watch even a minute or two minutes of their time and they, they watch my videos, I always feel very, very honored if I've never met these people and like that you are like on people's mind, even though like you might be sitting at home physically, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. And you're on people's mind and they're like thinking of you and like this by itself opens up opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a great feeling. Yeah, it's a great feeling and it, and it helps a lot when, when, when your idea is validated by the, by the market yeah. in one way or the other. Yeah. yeah, for sure. We had a few times, we're way younger than, than you are, so we're, I guess we're getting less of, of these situations, but we had a few times yeah, where, people, come. Yes. where people came up and, hey, I listened to your podcast and that's just, 
That's great. That feels good. Someone, Someone is, listening. is listening. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, it's really. Yeah, great. I think it's it should be it should never be about the number about the numbers. I mean, no. I always I always quote uh, Gary Vee. I'm sure you know him. Yeah. He has this one video. I think it was really inspirational to me, where the title is "One is Bigger Than Zero," where he just says like, if you have a video and you have one like one person who watches, it's literally one view, one view, and that person is sending an email for a one million dollar deal. Like this video was worth it and like reality is like most of my videos have maybe i don't know 100 views or 120 or a couple of hundred views it doesn't really matter but like if you imagine how many people are actually paying attention to this for however long that is like mind-blowing it is just, mind-blowing. just by itself just imagine a room full of 100 people yes and they know you and listen to your content and you influence them you kind of help them in some way yeah yeah it's just amazing so we talked about good things that, that, that you did. What's one thing that you did really badly? Because everyone, as you said, there's... The learnings. There's, you know. Yeah, I mean, my learning is by far, like I, did, I waited for way too long to speak to, to, to my... To define my target audience, but also like to, to ask them and go out and not be too shy to like get a rejection and say like hey I don't have time for you or like or like not get a reply I always feel it's worse to not get a reply than say no I don't have time you know <laughs> yeah, they, they kind of like leave you hanging yeah uh, but I think like you know like right now I think there's there's like definitely like what I recommend if you are producing videos or, or any type of content produce three to five and then go out and ask I, I, I'm not a big fan of like strategizing before you did anything but once once you have something that you can show then it's much easier to get to get feedback yeah. um, if you're instagram and you want to do pictures then maybe two three is not enough then do 20 but yeah. like if you are yeah. doing videos or podcasts i think after two to five you can definitely go to people who are in your target audience and say like hey look i did this i want to continue this can you like maybe have 10 five or five to ten minutes to talk to me about like what you're interested in and that's it. And I would say so many people that you have not expected that they would say yes, they actually say yes. Yeah. Yeah, you get surprised. It's a numbers game. If you send out 50 emails, you will have five to 10 people who will say yes. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. If you send out two, then the likelihood that both yeah, say no, right. then it's, it's rather high. <laughs> then you got to ask yourself, yes. do you really want to do it? If yes. you just send out two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're working on a, on a startup ourselves and we're really impressed by how open people are to help and give you know, 10, 15 minutes. Yes, and absolutely. So it's really worth it. Do you, do you read books? Or, yes. Or, yeah? What's one book that you would recommend to, to entrepreneurs? Whatever. I mean, there's a classic one, zero to, zero to one. That's a classic. Yeah. Um, I just read 12 Lessons to Life. From Jordan Peterson? Yes. yes. I don't remember the author's name. I, I, I bought it. Is it good? Um, I mean, it is overall very good. I think it's, I, I wouldn't agree with all of the lessons that he had, um, but I would say like the essence is like, keep in mind where you come from, kind of like keep in mind like what the big reality is and like that like everybody has, has it not figured out, like kind of like that, like is the essence. So like, yes, I think it is very good. I mean, definitely worth, worth to read. I, I would also recommend 21 lessons for the 21st century very very good book about like how data is being used and how, how it will shape our our world uh, just one example is like all of like the the way of algorithms and how they can predict and make our life happier mm-hmm. based on our our behavior and that what that means if amazon can 
decide something for you where you deeply believe that this will make you happier mm. and they, they can adjust according to like maybe what's best for them question mark not like yeah. saying like i'm saying like yeah. if if you know that like the last 10 times amazon suggested what was the best for you they might suggest you the 11th time something that is best for them yes and that is like a very interesting perspective that is worthwhile just to put a thought into it yeah um yeah and yeah no he wrote three books homo sapiens homo deus yeah. and 21 lessons oh, that's 20, him. Yeah, yeah, okay. 21st century um, i read all three i think that one was was definitely the best um, yeah. but but all three are very good but i'm hearing super good things about <laughs> the other two it's think? very controversial i wouldn't read it if you're like if you're like still like finding yourself in a way of like religion or like teenager age because yeah. it does open up a lot of questions that you have after yeah. so if you're not settled like knowing like what you believe and where you want to go then like it might open up too many questions okay so <laughs> young people don't read this book. i'm not saying like don't read it i'm just saying be aware, be what, aware you are buying to, what, what you're about what yeah. you're going to read okay yeah. let's see what it will do to me and no, it, it made me think a lot <laughs> talk to my wife about it but it's good yeah like that's what what should be Awesome, Cedric. So much. Uh, thank you so much for. I appreciate for your time. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. That was it. Thank you for listening to another episode of Startup Stories. Make sure to check out the show notes with additional links at nerdentrepreneurs.com. And if you liked our podcast, feel free to leave a review on iTunes. See you on Monday. Mm-hmm.